In this episode, we're getting into building and managing a fast growth startup and educating consumers about making more sustainable, far more sustainable purchasing decisions. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you tuning in. So thank you for hitting play on this episode. I'm the host of this podcast, Chloe Thomas, and I'm really excited to bring you today's guest because they are really shifting consumer behavior on the sustainability front. They're not a retailer as such, although you do check out on their website. They are a travel company who are on a mission to inspire us all to ditch the flights and enjoy the journey. We are going to learn how this incredibly fast-growth startup has been leveraging PR, their approach to, to wider marketing activity, how they're keeping their customer service levels up just, uh, when they're having huge influxes of new customers, and a really interesting take on the whole education sustainability piece, which, as many of you know, I believe we as marketers selling to consumers have a moral responsibility to help them learn how to make better decisions for the planet with their purchasing power. Right. Loads of inspiration coming up as soon as we've checked out the sponsors. Getting an online business off the ground is not easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Clavio is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up a free Clavio account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes, thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com slash masterplan. And now to introduce today's special guest. Kat Jones is the founder and CEO at Byway, a travel company that creates flight-free, slow travel holidays for its customers. Founded in 2020, they've grown so fast they're having to turn off their marketing and over 200 people a month are already enjoying their trips. Hello, Kat. Hi, Chloe. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here um, and congrats on starting such an awesome business, which is clearly resonating very well with the customers as well. Thanks very much. It's been a lot of fun, a lot of hard work, a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, how, normally I'd say, how did you get started in e-commerce? But actually, I'm going to kind of skip that question. I'm going to say to you, how did you come to found a travel company? in the middle of a global pandemic when nobody could fly? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I think I've had a few threads that have led me to the point. Um, so one is that I've never owned a car. So I have always been the slightly unusual person who has spent my life traveling around on boats and bikes and buses and all sorts of other things like that. Um, but I've always looked really unusual. Um, my friends will admire my photos and hear my stories and say, oh, it sounds amazing. I wish I could do it. And I say, well, you can do it. And they say, well, not without 
10 days worth of planning and a massive portfolio of timetable printouts. <laughs> so I think I've for the whole of my life really been frustrated that the experience is so gorgeous when you travel through instead of flying over and you have more flexibility and spontaneity and all of those um, gorgeous things that make it better in many ways and much more interesting and much more locally connected and oriented um, to travel over rather than fly uh, above. But at the same time, I, I suppose it, I came slightly later. It wasn't until my late teens that I started studying. Um, my undergrad was physics and I did a climate physics module and I started to understand much more about the climate and climate change. Um, and then later I went into a startup, which was actually video ad tech. So um, I was designing a product all about how to maximize the emotional impact of advertising for advertisers and had an amazing time and loved loved it. Stayed there 10 years. Um, I was number nine in and 450 odd people when I left, something like that. So that was an incredible experience. But at the same time, I think for me, it was advertising. Um, so one of the things I did in on the side there was a master's in sustainable development, which I did at SOAS in my evenings and weekends, which then again layered in a lot more of an understanding of sustainability um, and, and all of that. So I suppose the slow travel thread and the sustainability thread were kind of converging on each other and thinking, you know, the, the impact of flying is so great. Uh, so there's actually an urgency to people shifting in a much less flight intensive behavior for holidays. Um, and at the same time, my God, it's gorgeous and it's fun and it's wonderful. <laughs> Why don't all people do it anyway? And then I went in actually after my time out and really I went into Founders Factory, which is an accelerator and incubator for startups. I went in as managing director for the travel and media sectors. I knew media very well, travel not at all. So I was then investing in travel companies and very early stage startups um, and talking to lots of founding teams, lots of different business models and really getting a much broader understanding of startups in general and travel startups in particular. And I was what an amazing way to do your research, to be the VC. I was like, <laughs> how am I going to research startups and the travel sector? I know, I'll become a VC. It's awesome. <laughs> Um, so it was it was really great because it it put me much closer to the trends. So I was starting to kind of look at data to inform investments and thinking, wow, you know, we've got such big brands being anchored in sustainability. You've got Beyond Meat, you've got Tesla, you've got like these enormous brands that that have that at their core, um, and people are seriously shifting their purchasing decisions. The intention to travel more sustainably is is up and up and up. And so all of that kind of those trends and that data, plus we had the rise of the slow food movement and shop local and this mindfulness stuff that's just people getting more in tune with what's actually going on, right? And, and a bit more of an allergy to a chain plopped on top. So I suppose for, it was that time where I was going, whoa, actually people, it looks like more people look more like me now. And I don't look quite as unusual as I always have for the rest <laughs> of my previous life. Um, and then the, the uh, final straw nail, I don't know what it is, mm -hmm. uh, but whatever it is, the final thing that kicked off Byway properly was the um, announcement by Boris Johnson that we were all going into our first global lockdown and everyone had to stay at home. And for me, I think I just heard that as, right, well, travel is never going to be the same. You know, this is probably going to last a long time. It's probably going to be habit forming. It's probably going to have people see when we really do stop, what's the impact? There'll be some environmental bounce back. We're going to start to see all of these things accelerate broadly. So I was then the lady who set up the travel business in lockdown and I got a bit of uh, newspaper fun poked at me um, in, a, in a friendly way. But, you know, this 
this travel startup thinks it's the best time to launch um, and all of that kind of stuff. So that was really the the series of factors that led me to where we are. Wow. And it, I think it, it takes someone who has that, that level of background and that level of insight to the actual numbers to see that moment as a travel opportunity. And then to make sure you capitalize on the PR opportunity of it, I think is very, very clever indeed. So Kat, tell us a little bit about Bioway as it is right now. Where in the world are you and um, where are the people you're selling to? Yeah, so we are currently UK and Europe. So we operate trips across the UK as far north as Orkney and Shetland Isles um, and all the way down to sort of Greece. We've done a couple of trips into the very top of Africa. And so we've got a kind of pan-European coverage in terms of where our product is. Um, we aren't quite as far as the Nordics yet. So we, you know, we come up to about Poland is about the furthest east we go. And we are selling only into the UK market at the moment. So what we actually, we're, we're regulated, we're a package holiday company. So we operate the holiday, we provide these slow travel trips, which broadly, you know, they can have four bits of accommodation, you're staying in different places, there might be 14 different train or boat or whatever legs that you travel between. Um, and we're very much focused on the itineraries that we build and the journeys that we create for people to take we're focused on optimizing for enjoyment rather than if you think of a google maps or a rome to rio and you say how do i get from here to here and it says here's the fastest way or here's the cheapest way but it doesn't say here's the way that's slow and absolutely wonderful and magical and gorgeous and that's really what what we're doing so the product itself is broadly it's travel and accommodation all kind of planned out and put together into one package the customer can then click once, buy it once. We take care of all of the fulfillment of that and all of the booking and all of the disruption. If it's disrupted, that's on us to fix that for them. And we have WhatsApp groups with all of them. So we can just say, oh, this has changed. You now do this thing instead. And they say, oh, thanks. Brilliant. <laughs> it's awesome. I didn't even realize something had gone wrong. <laughs> um, so yeah, we sell into the UK only right now. And actually for us, we can do trips from France on request if somebody emails us, but we can't advertise that until we have a bond and, you know, a, a kind of are regulated in the French market, for example. Excellent. And um, the product sounds very bespoke, but having had a play around on your website, it's actually quite, I think I managed to get as far as the booking page in about three minutes because <laughs> I, I was like, right, what happens if you go to Cornwall, living in Cornwall? I'm going to see how good is their Cornwall option. And I, I was I was through to kind of entering personal details with a price, dates, organised and all the rest of it within about three minutes, which is phenomenal, isn't it? So is it is there bespoke as well as DIY on the website? Yeah, sort of. So we have an inquiry form, uh, which allows people to say, I can't see what I want. This is what I want. Have you kind of got it somewhere that I just can't see? Um, and that's partly because our website is not nearly as flexible as we would like in terms of the ability for the user to interact with the technology. So the tech is actually quite sophisticated, but the um, the customer doesn't necessarily see that as much as we'd like them to on, on the front end at the moment. So we do have that inquiry form, but really what we what we love is when someone does exactly what you've done, which is go through the Create Trip Builder and we capture their interests and we ask them, you know, what is it all about nature and wildlife and getting off the beaten path? Is it more about arts and culture and food and drink? Or, you know, what combination of things matter to you? And then what are your dates and where, where do you like the sound of and all of that? Um, but broadly, the system that we've built when, when we founded, by the way, I'm coming... As 
as I said, from a place of I know how hard it is to do this. You need quite a lot of willpower and commitment to research. Where would you even go? And if you can figure out where you want to go when you're not restricted to sort of places in reach of an airport, then how would you know where to stop on the way? And what's the best route? And if you want to slow it down a bit and enjoy your journey, how would you do that? And then even if you can work that out, what kind of tickets do you need? And if that train's late, the other train doesn't care because you book separate tickets. So how do you manage the risk? And, do you know, there's just all of that. Um, so the idea really with Byway was I'm coming in saying, ultimately, our mission is to make slow travel mainstream. Uh, so we we want it to be true that short haul flights are very rare and people are are traveling overland as much as they can. Uh, wherever it makes sense to do that. And really, I think the way that that's going to happen is when people realise that it's not a substitute for air. It's not rails as quick as a plane by the time you've checked in, which of course often it is. But the point is, it's it's more enjoyable in lots of ways. And so really, we're a tech company and we set up as a tech company and we won a couple of Innovate UK grants very early on that helped us hire tech people. And the idea there really is that we need we need this not to be something that's blocked on a person has to understand the, the customer's request and manually build them all of that trip with all of their internal knowledge that's in their head, which is broadly how it worked before us. So what we have done is we're, where we go into a region, we have done a lot of setup work in that region. So we'll say these are the places we think are really worth going to. These are the legs that you should absolutely surface because they add this gorgeous experience of a journey. You know, these are the stays that are locally owned and locally operated and sustainably minded. So we'll do all of that curation in the first place. And often we'll work with uh, a DMO, like a, a tourist board, local organization on the ground to make sure we have that right. Um, and we'll set that up once, but then once that's set up, our system will use all of that information and intelligence that we've sort of codified, and it will then smash that together with the user's preferences and what the customer's looking for so that it can dynamically produce that itinerary that you saw where it's told you, right, this is the kind of journey around Cornwall that you're going to enjoy. And then, as as you say, like the customer can just click through and book it if it's perfect. And uh, they can do some limited editing, if not. So if they say, actually, that looks really nice. What would it be if I could do 10 days instead of a week? They can do that on our website and they can update that. Um, but if it gets so far as, uh, you know, I, this is my anniversary night and I'd really like to upgrade the accommodation for that two night stay that's where at the moment they need to ask us and we've got a whole roadmap of getting that into users hands as well that we that we want to deliver quickly how exciting um right let's let's take a step backwards from the product you mentioned when you first launched you got that big pr push i mentioned in the intro that you've grown so fast that you're having to turn off the marketing but you didn't actually turn on the marketing until the beginning of this year did you so what what was the big focus from 2020 when you started through to the end of last year? How were you getting the sales? Why didn't you turn the marketing on? Yeah, so we didn't, broadly, we didn't turn the marketing on because we couldn't have coped if we had, because we all the way through really until October, November of last year, we were broadly running to keep up with the organic stuff that was hitting us. So it was, it was, you know, I keep, every time I mention how, uh, much we have to do. Everyone says, "Oh, well, they're the great problems to have. They're great you know, <laughs> if you're if you're a startup," which of course is totally true. But I think we were, you know, from we we started in lockdown, which was actually a really nice three months where we incorporated the company. We 
became a pending B Corp. We're now a full B Corp. Um, but that that sort of first three months of building waiting lists, having customer interviews, like working out what this product needs to look like, some initial itineraries was quite nice because we couldn't send anyone away if we'd wanted to. Um, so then when lockdown lifted, we started to send our first customers away. We could only do UK. We couldn't do European trips down to Sicily yet. So we did that sort of real discovery on the customer. And I think also for me, I was slightly unusual coming in, right? Like I know this is gorgeous, but most people, this is a very unusual way to holiday and it might take them out of their comfort zone. And that's where certainly our WhatsApp support has been really helpful for people who are slightly out of comfort zone to know that they can message us if they want us and all that um, sort of stuff. So we, we had a lot of focus on understanding really, is this a product for people who already fly or not because that's what we want right we want this to be people who are used to flying we can introduce them to this they can love this they can tell their friends about it they can do it again and we're broadly shifting behavior from flight intensive holidays to much fewer flight intensive holidays and many more grounded holidays and that's really what we're here to do um so really for us we were very lucky we had this um lovely article in the guardian in november 2020 of travel travel company bucks trend by launching startup in lockdown or something like this. And that sort of puts us on the map a little bit with the travel and tech journalists here in the UK. So then pretty much since then, we've been in mainstream media several times every month. And that's just meant traffic hitting the site. We were never quite ready. We weren't ready for the Guardian traffic. We just had to deal with it when it came and people kept booking holidays and we had to hire. You know, we've been hiring as quickly as we can for pretty much our whole lives. So it wasn't really until November that we found, okay, we've got a European product that's actually quite developed. We've got a we've got a UK product and Europe, you know, those products are developed. We have a set of customers that we understand that normally fly. We know that they love what we're doing. We we have 100% five-star reviews. We've you know, had one four-star review. I think we're 124 fives. And, you know, that this is um, really important to us, that quality of experience where we're shifting the behavior and, you know, we can see the referrals and all of that. So we were really trying to demonstrate that the product is great and it fits the customer and everyone loves it. And we've got this movement of advocacy going on around us. Um, and then by November, we'd managed to get ahead of our hiring at last. And we had a bit of extra capacity. So we said, well, we'll, we'll grow in January. And, and I suppose where I was coming from then was, well, we'll start experimenting with growth in January because I know mm -hmm. I've invested in travel businesses. I know how hard it is to acquire customers in travel. And I know how long it takes any startup to figure out what their growth channels are. And there's all this experimentation. So we'd sort of gone in and said, well, our Q1 of this year would be experiment central. We'll like try affiliate stuff and we'll try SEM and we'll try, you know, social and we'll just see what sticks and, and that will be a voyage of discovery. So we ended up, we, we have a quite a lean technology team and we said, well, that's great because we'll start investing in marketing and that will come on slowly and the tech will come on slowly with our team. And by the time we've figured out our growth channels, the tech will be mature enough that we can say, brilliant, throw some scale at it. So that was the plan. <laughs> and then actually we turned on the ads in January and, um, you know, we had we had like a 6x return on the first booking on SEM, like just on running wow. search ads. and. We couldn't believe it. So we were like, well, better leave it on in February. And it was the same. And then leave it on in March. And it was the same. And we had affiliates was like, you know, similar, huge returns on the affiliate partnerships that we'd put live. 
Um, so we sort of left it all on over that quarter, even though it was more than we really were comfortable with in terms of being able to still deliver all of those holidays with amazing five star experiences. But we wanted to prove out that it wasn't a blip and it was it was very mm-hmm. unexpected that it was resonating so well at such scale. So that was really where we we said, well, we'll, we'll let it run all of Q1 and then we will turn it off and just make sure we can still deliver these amazing trips and hire some more people so that we and and ideally you know hire some more technology people so that we can make sure the tech is doing more of the legwork on delivering the trips and that was where we said let's let's turn off the ads and actually in fact we have so many affiliates working with us now that it didn't actually make an enormous difference (laughs) it didn't grow as quickly as we were which which was actually helpful that's the thing isn't it you can't turn off the affiliates in the same way you can turn off the ads because they may never come back again yeah. <laughs> and the press as well you know you can like people are still writing about us a lot we were in the times um last week which probably won't be last week by the time this is aired um but we will it, you know we are we see these enormous spikes and there's nothing we can do we just have to cope with them and still do a great job with it all um so it does it does make you be quite lean um and find ways to be leaner all the time because you just keep ending up with more volume than you were expecting which is to really annoy you by using this phrase, a nice problem to have. <laughs> Everyone else in the world. <laughs> um, one of the the elements I really wanted to dive in with you because, you know, as you know, the majority of our listeners, they're retailers, they're running um, consumer goods websites of some description or another. And one of the things we've been talking a lot, lot about in this podcast is how much we should be educating our customers and how much we should be going after those who already get sustainability. You know, is sustainability a USP or is it just a tick box to, to get people in? And that's an angle we talk about a lot. And you mentioned how you actually discovered that you were taking people from flights away. You weren't just selling to those who already didn't want to use flights. So how do you deal with educating customers to make a better choice educating, convincing customers not to fly, or are you mainly going off? You know, how have you approached all of that? Certainly, we see it as a big part of our mission. You know, that's that's what we're trying to change in the world. And we do, to go to those customer profiles, you know, we do sort of have two key psychographic profiles. And the majority are people who are excited by this really interesting, romantic way to travel and it feels new and different and doesn't it feel gorgeous and great? And that's why they buy our product. And the sustainability piece is is a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling at the end, but it's not the primary reason that they're buying our holidays. And then we have the others that's a much smaller audience, a very high advocacy, which is, it is, it's your vegans, it's your people who've given up plastic shopping bags, they're actively looking for flight-free holidays. Um, So it sort of splits that way. And it's been really exciting to us that we have had so many normal people who are just buying our holidays because they like the sound of them and they don't need to be actively looking for sustainable solutions. But obviously that then also means we want to be... um, doing quite a large education piece uh, with with those people. So we want to make sure as they come through the journey, they understand, wow, isn't it a gorgeous experience, but also isn't it much more sustainable? And one of the things that's on our roadmap for quite soon is to have carbon labeling so that we can say, here's the price of your holiday, but also here's the carbon price of your holiday. Um, and you can see then what what a difference that is versus if you'd done you know, a trip to 
Spain on the train uh, on the plane instead of the one on the train with us. So I think that 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 education and that ongoing education piece is really important to us. It also splits a little bit. We recently released our impact report and we start to think about customers on their first holiday slightly differently to customers on their second holiday, where we see in the first place, the primary thing we want to do is introduce them to slow travel. And that means if they say to us, I want to go to Venice for four days on the train, then we'll say, great, we can absolutely send you to Venice for four days on the train. Here's a really gorgeous meandering route down to Venice with a couple of lovely stops you might not have heard of. Here's the way back on a different route with a couple of lovely stops you might not have heard of. And here's your four days in Venice. We'll do that on trip one because that's our chance to introduce them to this gorgeous slow travel experience. But by trip two, we would be very sad if what they came away saying is, I still want four days in Venice or somewhere like Barcelona, (laughs) please. Because... um, we want we want to be spreading people out. We want to be introducing them to really gorgeous places that that aren't heaving with tourists already. Um, so in the second trip, we'll be giving ourselves much more challenge to say what proportion of these trips are spreading away from hotspots and and how where, what we're finding is those people who say I want four days in Venice are now coming back to us and saying, well, Venice was all very well, but wasn't it gorgeous those days you gave me on Lake Como where I was in that lovely place? And so that's that's the stuff they're taking away. And then that comes into trip two. So I think in a lot of ways we're educating them through the product. And I suppose the only other thing that is worth mentioning on how we've managed to do that is our five-star reviews have been an enormous help to us, especially where their people can recognize themselves in the reviews and they can see, you know, oh, I do, I normally fly for my holidays and da, 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 and this was an unusual thing for me to try. And my goodness, I was so glad I did. And it was really not, you know, I wasn't expecting it to be so amazing. And in a way we were sort of forced into that by the fact that we were, because we were founded in lockdown, We didn't have to do as much education as we thought we would. We thought we'd have to go and say, this is what slow travel is. And in reality, nobody could do what they were going to do anyway. Their their whole holiday plan was scuppered. So everybody was just actively looking for what if I have to holiday closer to home, how do I do that in a way that's interesting? So they were actually looking for us and looking for something that wasn't involving flying goodness knows how far to whatever they would normally have done. So I think we benefited from that because we had a period where they were just looking for that. It was an easy sell for us. And then they did it and had a lovely time and built the five-star reviews. And then those five-star reviews look like people who normally fly. And then the new people who normally fly look at the reviews and say, well, if they liked it, I'll like it. And then they buy the holiday and it's all a <laughs> virtuous cycle. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. The subscription market is predicted to grow to nearly $500 billion by 2025. Recharge is the leading subscription management solution, helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale their subscription offerings. Recharge powers the growth for over 15,000 subscription merchants, turning one-time transactions into long-term customer relationships. Whether you're a direct-to-consumer business or an omnichannel brand, subscriptions strengthen your brand's relationship with your customers and make it easy for consumers to make repeat purchases, bringing you predictable revenue, increased customer loyalty and higher average order values. Turn transactions into relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. You can get started today with the subscription payment solution trusted by over 50 million subscribers worldwide by heading over to rechargepayments.com forward slash masterplan. 
I want to tell you about Awesome, spelt O-S-O-M-E. They are the experts in organising your e-commerce business accounts so you don't have to worry about filing company reports or paying taxes on time. Awesome accountants take care of all your finance admin and are on hand to answer your questions. It's really easy to link your online store, bank accounts and payment systems to the Awesome app, which then keeps track of your spending, profits and financial performance in real time, giving you peace of mind and saving you time too. Plus, using the Awesome system will save your business thousands of pounds every year. To get a demo and find out how much time and money Awesome could save you, go to ecmp.info forward slash awesome, fill in your details and hit the let's go button. Make sure you use the link ecmp.info forward slash awesome, that's O-S-O-M-E, as it will automatically add a coupon to save you £110. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, Kat, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. So are you ready for the top tips? I am. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? So I'd recommend Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Um, This has been a book actually that our CMO, Holly, introduced me to. She used to um, be doing global marketing at Airbnb, has come to us from there. And it's it's been consistent with a lot of our thinking. The idea is that you create a story for your brand with the customer as the hero. Your brand is the guide to the customer, helping them to discover something amazing and solve a problem that they have. Um, So it puts you in this very customer first view of your brand and helps you craft this clear narrative that's very emotionally anchoring for your customers um, with them as the hero of the story that that you're crafting. Um, So it's changed a lot of well, it's sophisticated a lot of the thinking that we've been doing by having this brand script that's anyone who is trying to explain what we're doing or talking about what we're doing has this really clear customer first story of why we're doing what we're doing. Nice. I think story is so crucial these days and so many brands, especially the founders of brands, really struggle to put it down in, in on paper, put it down on the about us page because it's so hard to talk about ourselves mm. so much yeah. of the time. Yeah, it's actually one that we had a second birthday party recently and we went to a house in the countryside just for one night and the whole team came and we had a lovely dinner together and I read everybody a story which was inspired by the story brand book and it's, I don't know if anybody has uh, read this to their children possibly, Um, it's the story The Snail and the Whale. It's all about this uh, the snail who wants to travel and is stuck on a rock and can't travel. And the other snails say, stay where you are. Don't travel. Don't be silly. You're a snail. And the whale comes out of the sea and carries the snail off through far off lands and golden sands and all sorts of rhyming delights. And it, it is, it's broadly the, the story of our brand, which is introducing people to all these incredible things they, they didn't know. And there's even some disruption that had to be rerouted around where the, the whale gets beached in a bay. So, it, but it is that exact, you know, the, the story that just helps people understand like the mission and the purpose and everyone can get behind that because it's a, it's an evocative emotional story. Yeah, great, great book advice and great advice there as well. Okay, the traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? So I think it's about being vocal and opinionated. 
broadly, it's about being vocal and opinionated. So it's thinking, you know, what what do we want to change? What's the point of our brand? What's our purpose? And then that's not always something that everybody is already hearing from lots of places. But the more vocal and opinionated you can be about that thing you really care about, the more attention it gets you on whatever platform you happen to be talking to people on at the time. Um, And for us, that's certainly been a huge thing for press. You know, we're saying something that's challenging and relevant and timely and and that runs a long way with press and that you know other journalists talk to other journalists and you know it's a snowball and it's similar with partnerships as well you know we, we're out there saying something that's slightly unusual in a loud voice with lots of uh, energy behind it and that has people knocking on our door saying hey can we you know can we do that it sounds kind of interesting can we learn more about those things so I, I think it's not a particular channel recommendation so much as a cross-channel opinionatedness I will definitely take that. And I agree completely with you. Uh, The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? So for efficiency, I'd say definitely Zapier. Um, And this has just been brilliant for us to connect one service to another and take out loads of manual legwork. Um, So it's super flexible for automations and all that kind of stuff. I suppose for something that maybe isn't about efficiency so much as marketing gorgeousness is WhatsApp actually. So we've, I've mentioned our WhatsApp groups with our customers and, you know, they, they were there. Originally we set these up to purely because I wanted to be in WhatsApp groups with our customers and find out whether they liked our product and whether our product was any good. Um, But when we first got those five-star reviews coming in, a lot of them mentioned the WhatsApp group and that kind of human element of feeling like they were supported on their holiday and we were giving them advice if they needed it. Um, And actually, so we we said, okay, well, we'll keep them and let's use them and we'll use them for the disruption management piece if it comes up. But um, we'll also just ask customers to send us photos and videos. And it's just gorgeous because we've got customers away taking photos of their gorgeous breakfasts on the balcony overlooking the water or whatever it is that they're doing they're sending us these runtime things and actually right now we don't have as uh, we're trying to hire a marketing manager so we want to do more with these stories but that idea that you know every day we're getting 20 new stories about the gorgeousness of slow slow travel and that experience that we can then take out into our customers and tell those stories and show those journeys um so actually whatsapp's been really good for that as well yeah, I have to say, I one of my you you've gone into it in so much detail. I didn't ask you about it earlier, but it's clear that that hugging of the customer throughout the experience is clearly a big part of the education piece. Um, and WhatsApp a great channel to do it with. Uh, okay, the growth top tip: If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from one hundred orders per month to one thousand, what would be your number one tip for them? Ooh, number one would be to put the experimenter hat on and never take it off. Um, so I think it's it's easy to think we'll do one thing at a time. You know, it's very tempting to want to do one thing thoroughly and properly and start there uh, and give it the attention it deserves and then, you know, do the next thing later. Um, so I think my advice would be don't do that. Do loads of things, 80% well, 
as quickly as you can and just see what works, you know, and, and see different cuts of those things and configurations of those things. Try lots of channels, throw a bit behind all of them and then just get a sense of what's working and then experiment within the category that's working a bit more and, and run a few different cuts of that. And that idea that and, and that you never stop experimenting with that. So you'll find one that works and you'll say, brilliant, let's just put some budget behind that and let that tick away doing its thing that we know is working. But at the same time, you always have this kind of experiment channel where you're just checking and learning and and teaching yourself about your customer and your growth channels. I love that advice. Okay, Kat, before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Absolutely. At Byway Travel is the general thing to search. So Google Byway Travel. We're at www.byway.travel. And then we are Byway Travel or Byway.travel on every social media platform you can think of too. Simple as that. And those of you who are in the UK, it's time to travel more slowly. So go go and check out what you can do. Um, Kat, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been brilliant getting some insight into your super clever, super awesome business. Thank you for creating it. And uh, I wish you all the best for the future growth because I think you're doing a great thing for all of us. So thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Chloe. What an inspiring lady. I love what Kat's doing. Anything which encourages more people not to take flights is good by me. Uh, as many of you know, we don't take flights anymore here at e-commerce Mastermind. I don't, let's be honest, both in my personal life or in my business life. We're purely grounded, which actually is such a much more pleasant way to travel. But awesome, awesome tips from Kat there on the sign-up side of things, capitalizing on PR, some great marketing advice, customer service advice, and a really cool take on the how keeping that mission and educating the customers is doing great things for their business. Timing is often a, a big factor in business and quite clearly, um, Kat knows how to make the most of great timing. To get your hands on our notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to what we've mentioned, head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, or you can use our new special director episode links. Just put ecmp.info forward slash episode number into the URL bar and you will go straight to the correct page on our website. Once you get to the website, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the many other things I share to help you improve your business. Thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. If you want to listen to another one, there's like five, 390 odd of these out there now. So scroll up, scroll up, scroll down the list, whichever direction it goes on your mobile phone and just pick something that seems interesting because um, all our guests have some amazing advice for you. I bring you a new one of these interviews every single Monday because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners and marketers like you to succeed and thrive, including progressing along the path to net zero, that most important of all sustainability efforts. So if you know someone this show can help, someone who needs to be inspired by what Kat's just been telling us about, then tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a brilliant week and never, never forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. 
If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan.